ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and All Seasons Tabletop Studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode is... Collateral Damage of COVID Explained by Dr. David Martin. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share... Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Are we ever going to get to our best behavior? Well, let's hope so, because your best behavior will tend toward truth. Very good point. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben, and let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing good. It's always good to be here uh, in the palatial studio of uh, the studio. The the tabletop? Yeah, the tabletop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, no, it is good to be here. Uh, Yourself, how are you doing? We had a little bit of a break with Thanksgiving and all. Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Had a little bit of something, but not bad. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you you had a little bit of a cold or something. So, but it's good to see you here. Well, thank um, you. You and, too. And uh, I I am excited to continue through this. We we dangled this carrot uh, with this interview with David Martin on the Greg Hunter. I, I, I guess I'm going to call it Greg Hunter Show. I don't know if it's exactly that, but it's uswatchdog.com. Okay. The interviewer is Greg Hunter with uh, Dr. David Martin, and he is always unbelievable to listen to and gather information from. So when we previously left this particular interview, they were talking about some of the fallout, and the episode is named according accordingly is the right. collateral damage and i think that's something that we don't really understand to its fullest is what in its in its fullness is happening to people in their professions and and family members and all of that when it comes to the actual covid you you know we've got what we've got the the actual illness the mistreatment right. we've got the the loss of jobs because you're standing up for truth and the mistreatment you've got uh, the vaccines coming in the mandates okay I don't want that well you're going to lose your job or right. if you get it there's some serious collateral damage there because there's physical right. uh, medical issues that are, have been caused and then I think what most people even we, I think, sometimes forget that this – and you know what? I, I, I made the mistake just previously in, in mentioning vaccine, this jab, mm. because it is okay, not a vaccine. Right. Yeah. It's what I like about uh, Dr. David Martin. He He's very clear about explaining that as defined, it is not a vaccine, but this bioweapon, as he'll, he'll mm. call it, or a jab, there's delayed effects – so yeah, most people right. will say, "Hey, I know family members, or even myself. I've got the vaccine, and everything's you know I feel fine. Have been feeling fine. Everything's right. everything's pretty much hunky dory." But what we're seeing and hearing is there are delayed or chronic illnesses and diseases right. yeah. and, and effects of this thing that are coming because, and and this is 
I think sometimes we don't quite get is the spike protein is being made by the body. It's not being caught. You know what I'm saying? The, the virus is being made. Right. And yeah. they're, they're connecting that to the myocarditis and, and other heart issues, and it's taking time to, to do that. And, yeah. And and there's and, and yeah. David Martin I think covered it in the first I, I believe he did, and I'm sure he'll reiterate it. But the fact that there are so many things about this jab that we just don't know, right? We it, it's untested, and the the technique is not just in you know an, an untested uh, uh, so called vaccine as the older ones, it's not only that, it, it's something totally different. It's an mRNA that's, you know, we, we've been through this. But right. it's it's that hasn't even run its course as far as testing goes. So we just don't know what in the world is going to happen down the road. So yeah, that brings forth, well, what could happen? What kind of collateral damage are we looking at? So uh, – that is something that, that is intriguing to me, and I think is important to to take a look at. And that's what we're doing here with Greg Hunter and, and Dr. David Martin. So before we begin, let's officially welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers out there. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back with us. Absolutely. We are definitely honored to be here, and we're going to do our best today, Ben and I, uh, in injecting you guys with truth. So that's our objective here. So, well... If you're ready over there, Ben, uh, without any further delay, we're going to get right into this. And uh, David Martin is going to be the first voice you hear. And he is going to be in full swing of this collateral damage and the in the cause. Primarily, I think the first ground he's going to cover is in the medical field itself and, and that sort of thing. So, All right. Okay. Well, let's roll. But the problem is we're going to start seeing that exact same phenomenon in the healthcare industry and at a much larger scale, which means we now have, in addition to the problem of the actual morbidity and mortality, meaning people getting sick and people dying, we actually have that targeting the healthcare industry writ large, which means we are going to have doctors and nurses who are going to be among the sick and the dead. And that means that the sick and the dying also do not get care. Mm. A friend of mine here is a doctor. He's, uh, from the very beginning, he said, it's experimental. Put a sign up in his office, say it's experimental. Didn't take it. Uh, he says, you know, I've been, I'm 70 years old. He looks like he's 60. He says, I'm 70 years old. He says, I know every doctor in town. He says, and every doctor, I told him, every one of them, don't get it. He's a friend of mine. He didn't take it. Yep. He said, I told everyone not to get it. And, and, and I said, fine. It's yeah, 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 come on, you're low diet. It's okay. It's fine. No problem. We want to get out in front of it. He says, about three months ago, he tells me, he says, uh, every single one of them, double vax, boosted, they're all sick. Every yep. one of them. All, and they are afraid to say anything, afraid to do anything. Is there something that you can do? Can you, Dr. Pierre Corey says his baseline drug is ivermectin because it binds to the spread protein. It uh, is a great anti-inflammatory. I uh, don't know of anything else out there that will work as well as that, he says. Is that what you would say to people that, wow, get uh, rid of the spike protein uh, and do it as soon as you can 
and I will say this, Dr. Uh, Michael Yeadon, I had him on. He said, and he, yep. he eloquently said, this is like a go-kart and racking the, the throttle wide open and sticking a brick on it and letting it go. There's no off switch. So, yeah. And, and that's where, that's where I would, I would say, listen, I mean, I have, I have unbelievably high level respect for Peter Corey. I think he has been phenomenally articulate. I think he has been wonderful. And he, together with a few other of the physicians who have really been thoughtful about the way in which they're handling the situation. I think that my fundamental concern, because having been the person running clinical trials for FDA submissions at the University of Virginia for many, many years, my fundamental concern is that this particular injection was put on a fast track process, which was called a straight to humans protocol. We have zero, and by zero, I mean not even a hunch. We have zero knowledge of what actually is going to happen with respect to the long effects of the mutations that were going on inside of the human body with respect to this particular injection. But it is important for every one of your listeners to know that when Moderna was started, and this goes back to 2010, mm. Moderna was started on the back of a 10-year National Science Foundation grant, and that grant was called Darwinian Chemical Systems. That project, the project that gave rise to the Moderna company itself, was a project where they were specifically figuring out how to get mRNA to write itself into the genome of the whatever target they were going after. That could be a single-celled organism, it could be a multi-celled organism, or it could be a human. And the fact of the matter is Moderna was started on the back of having proven that mRNA can be transfected and write itself into the human genome. So we may be able to make symptomatic efforts to reduce the effect of the self-produced spike protein analog that's inside of humans right now. Anybody who got injected is who I'm talking about. But the problem is we have no evidence at all that we know the long or short-term effects of what is happening with respect to the alteration of the genome other than the certainty. And by the way, this is not a hunch. This is actually proven in their own data that the mRNA has the capacity to write into the DNA of the human. And as such, the long-term effects are not going to mere, merely be symptomatic. The long-term effects are going to be the human genome of injected individuals is going to be altered. Okay. Now, if that's Wowzers. the case. So I think the only thing that we do know is when he said the human genome can be altered, there's going to be some serious problems health-wise, even yep. death. So we know that because that's happening. Other than that, he's 100% right. And I go back to the question, and I wanted to point this out because – Greg Hunter asked, he mentioned Pierre Corey, you know, with the ivermectin, he said it right. attaches itself to the to the spike protein. And yeah. he said, if you've had the shot because it's making the spike protein, get rid of the spike protein and you should be good, right? Well, if you get rid of, uh, how many spike proteins do you have to get rid of? How many, see, this is this is where, where, where my mind was going. How many times will that, injection produce spike protein does it just do it once 
Well, well, maybe we're on the same page. Maybe we're not. My question would be, just because I get rid of the spike protein, at what point has it already written itself into my quote genome? Because at that point, you if if the spike protein is quote different than you know what's already in my genome, you can get rid of that all day long, but it's still it's already written itself there. But you can get rid of it. How if many? You see what I'm saying. So yeah. that at that point. It doesn't matter how many you get rid of because it's already written itself. So at what point well, does this it? This is true. At what my question would be: At what point does that get written? Do we even do we even know that, or is that like immediate? If you see what I'm saying, but I I see what you're saying too. Like, well, and and once it's written in, right, then that causes other problems. So yeah. now what you're doing yeah. is you're treating symptoms because all of a sudden, well, I've got a neurological issue. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've got a heart issue. Mm-hmm. I've got a brain issue. Maybe something's come across the blood brain. I mean, so yeah. so yeah. what? And that's sort of I think what Doctor David Martin was was saying. He said, you know, you can treat after the damage is done. You could attempt to treat, you know, symptoms. Symptom right? Symptomatically, okay. yeah. So, but what what he's saying was other than that. We yeah. don't. Is, does it stop yeah. there, or will there be more generated? Because if it's telling your body to make this thing, right? How it's traveling throughout. That's yeah, you yeah. know. That's where and and hopefully he may get into some of that. But that's sort of where my mind was going. If you, because I go back to what. Uh, 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 Oh, Sherry Tenpenny? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you were going. There. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was the, the other, the other female doctor that worked with uh, oh, Fauci. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh but she, man. But she, but she had said, and we'll come up, we'll come up with her name here. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but she had talked about how many, how many thousands of spikes are on the, you know, are on these proteins. Yes. So yes. I mean, the, the number is so high that you're like, well, how many? You know, does does one week of ivermectin take care of the whole lot? You know, how long do you have to take ivermectin? Is it a continual thing? And then, like you said, right. okay, the damage is done. Will it reverse any of this, or is it just going after the spike, new spikes? But not the damage, and I think that's exactly what he was saying. Now you can treat symptoms, but you, you, yeah, because now you're behind the eight ball. Well, didn't uh, wasn't it Sherry Tenpenny when she was talking about it uh, with that guy that Judy Mikovits? That's that's who who it was. Yes, yes, that's yeah. the other lady that we were trying to come up with. The yeah. name. yes, Judy Mikovits. Thing. Yes, <laughs> thank you. But wasn't it Sherry Tenpenny uh, when she was talking with that guy in the UK trying to get ivermectin stuff? Wasn't that Sherry Tenpenny? Um, or no, 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 that I've got her mixed that up was with Tess Laurie. Tess Laurie, man, yes. I get, I get those two. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Tess Laurie, but she mentioned something like that because she was in the studies that quote weren't yet peer reviewed that they were ta- discussing. She even said ivermectin, like either in that interview or the interview with was it Pierre Corey that was interviewing her or somebody. Or was that Dell Bigtree? Dell Dell is, okay, is Del. interviewing. So Tess in, in that interview, she mentioned that in the studies, it showed that ivermectin could be used 
for long-term COVID patients. So that kind of goes in hand in hand with what you're saying right there. It can be a help in treating those symptoms of people that have gotten jabbed mm-hmm. and have. So, yes. yeah. So a combination of what he's saying and what she was saying, yeah, it leads it to think that you could still con- somewhat control so to speak. Well, it makes the, it makes perfect. Symptoms. It does make perfect sense because it is it is attacking and attaching itself to the spike protein. Right. So, but there again, what is it doing, if anything, to what's already been damaged? So, right. So now we've yeah, got yeah. we've got that issue. So Absolutely. that's what that's why you've got this collateral damage issue medically. We're not sure. And he was I I love because he wasn't he wasn't presumptuous. Mm-hmm. He basically said, "Look, we know zero yeah. about what could happen exactly. until it already happens, and that's that's a bit scary." So, yeah. well, let's get back to uh, let's get back here to David and Greg and right. and see what uh, see what else is coming here. For the very beginning, they said, "Oh no, 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 this doesn't change your DNA." And Zach Tow, yeah, except for the fact that ten years of their own data showed that it did, Zach and Tal- that is published data. That is uncontrovertible. It is their data, not mine. It is all. And and by the way, for those people who doubt, they need to go look at that project, Darwinian Chemical Systems. The National Science Foundation funded it. And it is the company that it was the grant that gave birth to the company we now know as Moderna. There is no question that they succeeded in getting mRNA to write into DNA. That is the reason why the company was started. Don't miss that. Yeah, that's been a big debate whether it changes the DNA or rewrites it. Right now, he's saying that that pilot company, if you will, for Moderna, yeah, has proved it, and that's why they went forward with this. It does indeed change and rewrite the DNA. That was that was almost one of the criteria, I think, right. for them for, to move forward for getting their grant, whatever. But- yeah. But yeah. so so the so the question is, if their own data shows this, yeah, where was this data back then? Where where you know, well, bar- put buried, su- suppressed, yeah, right, yeah. along it, with all the rest of the truth about everything. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It had so a, yeah, oh man, it had a si- right. yeah. The, the, that that weapon had a silencer on it. Oh, you ooh. know. Ouch! Good yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and I and I like David Morris. Says, you can look this up. This is this is their information. It's yeah. He's not speculating. It's, it's right, right, it's, right. It's plain yeah. fact. Yeah. Here we wow. go. Wow. Everybody that got a shot, even one shot, you changed your DNA. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. And you know how it's changed. No, and, and, and as I've said on numerous uh, interviews and as I've published for many years and I've discussed for even longer than that, one of the things that's fascinating is DNA itself, which, as, as you and your listeners probably know, is a model of how the nucleic acids are organized inside of chromosomes in human beings. But DNA is a model that was developed in the 1950s by Watson and Crick. And the problem with the model is the way nature organizes nucleic acids is not a double helix. It's not a double-stranded, you know, anything. It's a chromosome. And chromosomes have not only the X, Y axis of the 
double helix, the 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 entangled little, you know, pieces of of tape that we see in every graphic. Those things are folded on each other inside of chromosomes. And what no one has been discussing is the fact that chromosomal folds actually also have information. So when we change the way the nucleic acids are organized inside of DNA, we're also changing what's happening in the fold dynamics of chromosomes. And that we have zero information with respect to the injection. We have zero information about how that particular chromosomal activity changes other than being certain that we now know that there are probably some of the effects that we're seeing in adverse effects that are probably a result of chromosomal fold variations. Wow. Changing DNA. Mm. Changing well, the DNA. changing chromosomes, which means changing what it means to be human. Yeah. <sighs> this is a lot to unpack. Um, and by the way, remember, I mean, it's, it's really critical for us to remember. They knew they were doing this, right? Anthony Fauci in 1999, when he funded the UNC Chapel Hill weaponization of coronavirus, and people have to get this, he did this because his fantasy with coronavirus was using coronavirus as a universal vaccine vector so that he could create an HIV vaccine. So all of the motivation that, that was the reason why NIAID funded the work of Ralph Barrick and his colleagues at UNC Chapel Hill, all of it was based on the notion that coronavirus, because it was such an insidiously manipulatable virus, was a perfect candidate to use a virus as the vector to yes. deliver another vaccine. This whole thing started with this idea that somehow or another we could use viruses to actually deliver other vaccines. And by 2005, when Ralph Barrick went to DARPA for the bioweapons conference at DARPA, he heralded the fact that the coronavirus was ideally situated as a bioweapon candidate. So this is not, you know, kind of a conjecture on my part. It's actually in Ralph Barrick's own CV. Wow. Why the the murderous deal? They they wanted to murder people. Is that right? I mean, that's really what they what did, you're saying that the virus was uh, to deliver a vaccine. Okay. But really a lot of people are calling this a genocide. I mean, isn't this Well, a yeah, I mean, it listen. We we have had throughout human history a number of people throughout a lot of time. I mean, we can go back not that far and we can think about the cultural revolution that Mao did in China. And we can sit back and say, well, what Mao was trying to do was modulate the population, modulate poverty, modulate all kinds of other things. And there is, by the way, an element of truth to that statement, because what Mao wanted to do was actually take China out of destitute poverty and turn it into an economic powerhouse. And the way he chose to do it involved, you know, inconveniently getting rid of somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million people. And we call it a cultural revolution. Uh, we don't call it genocide because we're not allowed to, but it was, in fact, genocide. And that is is something that, you know, we need to face. And we could sit back and say, well, at least the motivation at the start wasn't killing 50 million people. The motivation at the start was managing a population and an economic system that was out of control. And similarly, we're living in a situation where Ralph Barrick probably falls asleep every night going, well, 
I did something that was laudable at its inception. And the laudable goal was to see if we could use nature and hijack nature's biochemistry to figure out a way to do something good for people who potentially were exposed to HIV. So I'm sure that somewhere in the back of Anthony Fauci and Ralph Barrick's mind is some sort of justification that said, well, at least I started off trying to do the right thing. The problem is when in 2005, you actually start saying, hey, guess what? We can use this as a bioweapon. And then by 2008, you can start saying, well, not only are we gonna use it as a bioweapon, what we're gonna start doing is seeing if we can make it more deadly and we're gonna find the deadliest version of this thing. And lo and behold, in 2011 to 2013, we find a really deadly version of it in Wuhan. So we actually replicate in 2013 and 2014, we replicate that deadly version at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And then in 2016, because nobody's watching because of the gain of function moratorium and everybody mm -hmm. thinks that's not happening, in 2016, we get a publication that says that the Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1 is poised for human emergence. Well, guess what? At the same time, Ralph Barrick had the patent for what's called remdesivir, which was the drug that is being used in hospitals to kill the people who actually didn't get killed by the injection. And so, you know, we could argue all the all the day long that these people started off as just innocent scientists pursuing an innocent topic. But the problem is it got away from them and got hijacked by people who actually had nefarious agendas and Ralph Barrick and Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak and Alex Azar and all of the others who actually kicked this ball into motion knew very good and well that when they got together and planned the quote accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen and those were words they used to publish in the summer of 2019 anthony fauci made reference to the accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen in september 2019 so that by September 2020, the world would accept a universal vaccine. The fact is, he knew that he was actively planning the death and destruction of Americans. He knew that he was going to do that and it morally justified it because he said that by 2020, and specifically by September of 2020, the world would embrace a universal vaccine platform and he was going to own the disposition of that platform. There you have it. So I guess the $50 million question would be, oh, do you believe from the very beginning that Ralph Barrick and Anthony Fauci's motives were pure, were sincere, wanting to help people with disease, HIV, and the like. Um, that depends on your definition of help them with disease. Do, are you talking help them get or help them get rid of? Good call. <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the idea is, of course, to play games in their own mind to say, well, we haven't killed anybody. We started off. This is just some thing that sort of got out of control 
and you know the science somehow changed on us and shifted on us you know just like uh you know we thought the masks didn't need to be worn and then we did and then we thought maybe a couple of masks and then you know the science changed and then now we find out that maybe they don't work, uh, but we probably still should wear them because the science is getting booted all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and then we really thought that the vaccine, Jab. their word, yes, their word, vaccine would prevent contraction of the virus and stop transmission of it. And then something right. happened later on. The science changed, and it you know we sort of underestimated the virus or maybe we overestimated the jab and it it doesn't appear that it does any of those things it prevents nothing it stops nothing so you know we are really sorry but the science just keeps changing but it's still the best thing but our intent was 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 for the betterment of of Americans. Now, the question is, do you believe that? Well. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's a deep subject. Yes and no. Again, that comes down to what their definition of the betterment of Americans is. Yeah, well, I think there's more. That that part of the collateral damage, and I don't know how far David Martin is, but we have the advantage of getting into some other things. And we will... After we sort of uh, ex- not exhaust, but get, we're going to dig more into uh, what David Martin has here in, in our next episode, and then, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into a little bit of uh, Anthony Fauci's intent and how far back in time it went, and then we'll ask that question again and mm. and and let you be the judge to that. So, right. and I can I wow. can assure you one thing: there is coming a day that those gentlemen, along with all of the others that were involved in this throughout history, they will be judged, and they will be judged fairly, as fair as can be, because we serve a just God, meaning Mm -hmm. he is 100% fair, and he will be doing the judging on their souls. So uh, I, I don't envy them. The sad part about it is collateral damage kills lives mm-hmm. in high numbers. So, uh, I, 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 you know, some some of the things that David Martin covers, I, I'm like, boy, I gotta, I gotta back that up. I gotta write it down because this stuff is heavy and it's technical, and he knows it inside and out. And I really appreciate him. So, unfortunately, uh, on this particular episode, we're out of time, and uh, we need to wrap this one up, Ben. So All right. uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up with a with a word of prayer here. Father in heaven, we absolutely thank you for this opportunity to bring this information to the world. We thank you for individuals like uh, Dr. David Martin. We ask for all of those listeners out there that may have family members or friends that have been affected directly or indirectly, if you will, collateral damage, we pray that you 
minister to them through your Holy Spirit in such a way that they will clearly understand that you have this whole thing in your hands. And I'm sure that uh, just knowing some of the families that have gone through the, these things, uh, some days are, are not easy. So our prayer is to give them strength, to get them through another day, give them hope that someday you will be judging the world and dividing good from evil. And we ask and pray that all of those listening and even us here, Ben and I, that you do with us as as you will, that we will be on the right side of eternal history. Help us to reflect your image and to serve you in your fullness. We thank you again for this opportunity to be here in this platform. And as we part ways, we ask, as usual, may every intent of our thought be pure. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.